Alright, must love cats, dogs, or other. I wonder what they mean by other. Oh, hello! Hi! Welcome back to the Citanium Mine. And uh, on this episode, we are going to be talking about The Good Life. You know, The Good Life was actually on my list of games to play that came out in 2021. And uh, I didn't play it in time to do my uh, best to worst list, but uh, I have been tooling around with it since. And so I figured might as well talk about it now. For those of you who are not aware, The Good Life is kind of an odd game. Um, yeah, no, it's a very, very odd game. Kind of imagine if you took a, a Stardew Valley, right? The, the general idea being like a, a little life sim. Uh, being able to grow your own gardens, uh, make your own food, interact with a bunch of people in this town. It's sort of like that. But there's some things going on with The Good Life that set it apart from games like Stardew Valley or My Time at Portia. Uh, the big one is that you turn into a cat and a dog. Basically, the story is that you're playing Naomi. Naomi is this, like, big city photographer who's in a lot of debt, and she goes to this sleepy English village because she's been tasked with uh, getting a lot of different pictures. You know, she's going to be there for the long term getting pictures of this idyllic, small, English cottage town. But what she's really doing is trying to uncover the secrets of this town, because they are plentiful and many. That's the general framework that they go with for this game. Then they start wrapping in a lot of the other mechanics, like, as I said, uh, growing gardens, uh, collecting stuff out in the woods, some fighting mechanics, uh, you know, the whole deal. But the first thing that they're going to introduce you to is something you don't see a lot in these games, which is the photo mechanic. You see, since Naomi is a photographer, you get a camera, and you can take pictures of the landscape around you. And there are different elements in those pictures that might be appealing to people on the internets. You have an app on your very old computer in a house that is literally just given to you at the start of the game, showing how unrealistic this game is. But the point is, is that there's a very old computer with a very bad internet connection, but there is an app that you can upload your photo portfolio to. You can only have so many pictures on there at one time, but at any given time, there are buzzwords that will get more attention to your pictures. Uh, and so if you have elements in your photos as you're taking them, you will get more likes on those photos. And that actually translates to more money. It's also the way that you complete side quests, because a lot of your side quests are to take pictures of specific things. And so you can do that and upload them on there as well. And then you can take off photos if you find that they're not doing very well or you don't need them anymore. And uh, find new things that you can generate revenue on. This is the basic mechanic of the game. is kind of like a Pokemon Snap in your life sim. You know, it, it functions pretty well, and I was actually kind of impressed with the fact that, you know, you, literally you can just take pictures of anything and it will show you different kinds of elements and different... Uh, photos, and you, there are even eventually different lenses and such that you can get for your camera. 
But the life sim part is where things get a little bit more complicated. It doesn't have the kind of personality that you would want from other games. It just doesn't have that feeling. You don't get attached to these characters as easily. There is something of a stilted quality to the people and the landscape of this world. The graphics, too, like, they're more realistic graphics than you get in a lot of the, you know, life or cozy sim things, but they are kind of janky. I, I ha wish I had a better word for you, but they are kind of janky in their presentation. It feels like there are frames that are not in there, you know, kind of like, remember old-timey video games back in the day when you would watch people run in, like, a Dino Crisis or the original Resident Evil? It's that kind of, like, running animation and everything, and there's a stamina meter if you want to run for certain periods of time. There's never a point where you see a door open. I know that that's typical in a lot of games, but it's very noticeable here. I want to go into the building. Black screen. I am now in the building. <laughs> and, like, again, I, I know that that happens in a lot of games. Even the Stardew Valleys of the world don't really have transition screens or stuff like that. But they also use it when you are doing almost anything <laughs> in this game. Uh, they don't have a lot of, like, transition animations into anything. Uh, including when you turn into dogs and cats. Okay, so let's get to the dogs and the cats part, because that is sort of the main gimmick in the game that they want to talk about. It's, like, on the posters and everything for this game. Um, so, the first big secret that you run across in this town, and I'm not giving much away because it literally happens in, like, the first half hour, 15 minutes, maybe, of the game, you learn that at night, the townspeople turn into dogs and cats. It is a little bit obtuse. It just sort of seems to be a thing that happens. And it's kind of strange because you could technically take pictures of those dogs and cats and realistically maybe show them to the townspeople and go, see, I found out that you have the dogs and the cats. But that doesn't become like a subject matter out of the gate. But anyway, you go to a woman out in the woods and she gives you a potion. And before you know it, now you can actually turn into a cat at any given time. And the reason why you might want to turn into a cat is, one, uh, you can actually climb up the sides of buildings at certain points. Uh, but then, two, the less obvious but definitely more useful thing is you seem to move faster and have more stamina to run from one location to another. Now, if I had played the game longer, you eventually become a dog as well. Here's the reason why I didn't get to the dog part. In order to complete the next leg of your journey, you need to collect some different parts. But in order to collect those parts, you have to go out into the woods, find certain things that you can then trade to the like blacksmith so that you can get the stuff the blacksmith has and that will be the stuff that the old lady out in the woods needs so that they can give you the potion so that you can become the dog and that's actually like way more involved than you would think <laughs> it's like it's not nearly as simple to figure out how to get the stuff you need to trade for the other stuff you need so that you can go and get a potion so you can turn into a dog so 
a little too much rigmarole for me, but the general idea that I, I kind of understand from reading through everything is that the dog will allow you to, like, jump over fences and stuff like that. You know, some generally useful things that dogs do. Oh, and the dogs can dig. So, you know, you, you might be able to find some buried treasure, I guess, if you, you turn into the dog. Throughout the game, there's also these shrines, and you can go up to those shrines, and you can trade money to get cat and dog points. Uh, this is sort of like a, a swing scale, you know, are you more a cat or more a dog? I guess what the idea is is that since certain members of the community turn into cats and some turn into dogs, you can have better relationships with with one kind of group in the town or the other. Again, it's a very odd game. But more than that, it's just not necessarily laid out very well. Uh, I'm certainly hoping that when you get to the dog point, you can jump over all of the stone walls. Because there are stone walls in this town everywhere. And you can't get over them. You, you cannot. Not as Naomi. You sure can't get over them. And they run for really long periods of time before they give you an opening where you can get through them. So, so much of the traversal of the early game is just trying to figure out where you can get around the stone wall so that you can get past another stone wall so you can get to the area you need to go to. Um, the buildings are, you know, in the center of towns have stuff going on. And there's a handful of stores that you can go into and trade with and everything like that. But the towns do expand out a little bit beyond those boundaries. And there's just not nearly as much there. You can't go into a lot of those houses. Again, it doesn't feel as fleshed out as, let's say, I unfortunately I have to keep using this reference, a Stardew Valley. Because when Stardew Valley gives you... Uh, a house, somebody lives in that house. Not only does somebody live in that house, but that house eventually becomes explorable if you have, like, you know, a relationship with them. In The Good Life, those houses, you go up to those doors, it doesn't even give you an interaction button. So there are a lot of these places, especially even out in the sticks, where there's just houses that are essentially decoration. Beyond that, the biggest problem that this game has is that Naomi is not a likable character at all like real like i'm sh maybe there is a redemption arc here for her maybe you're learning that this like big city thinks the world of herself highfalutin photographer uh that is also in incredible debt and is now like out in the middle of nowhere because this is the only assignment that they could find for her so that maybe she can pay off her debt because she's that desperate and has now been given a house by the town because of how long she's going to be staying there is also the most insufferable and entitled person I have ever heard. Um, she, she is constantly berating this town that she is stuck in even though she has barely been there at all, and everybody in the town has been nothing but kind to her. And so, I certainly hope she has a redemption arc, but I really didn't care. However, like a lot of life sims, there is stuff that will start to grab you, being able to do that planting, being able to, you know, hang out in your house that you were given, because that's how fantastical this game is, 
and making your own dinners and, and going around town and realizing you can snap pictures of pretty much literally anything and see if something, surprisingly, does well on your Flamingo account. These kinds of things do at least grab me to some degree, but not nearly as much as other games in the genre. And I think that the gimmicks are kind of interesting, but not necessarily interesting in a way that I think is also good. I can kind of rectify the fact that sometimes games will give you an interesting mechanic that isn't a good mechanic. It can be interesting that they put it in there. It can be a choice, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I like the choice itself. The idea of turning into dogs and cats is a cool one, but what I really think is the problem there is that if the dog can do something and the cat can do something, and yeah, you can turn into them at any time... Maybe I could just automatically do that when I go to jump over a fence. Like, if, if I need to jump over a wall, couldn't I just, like, turn into a dog for five seconds? Like, have just a context-sensitive button? Why do I have to turn into the dog, then jump over the fence, then turn back into a human? Or do I need to be the human? I need to be the human, apparently, so that I can take pictures. Because the cat can't take pictures. And I feel like maybe if there was a mechanic more or less that, like, you get cat aspects or dog aspects, and now I can just... I don't have to transfer constantly between these, because all that it really amounts to is watching this one bright light scene that flushes out the entire world for a second, and watching yourself be in a new form... That functionally is all that happens. And I don't see the purpose of that. I think that there were better ways that they could have implemented that that would seem a lot more streamlined. And I think that's the biggest issue that it has, is that there's so many places here in the user interface, in the menu system, uh, in just the way that you do pictures and, and how they set that blocking up that could have been much more interesting and much more streamlined as an experience. I felt like it was just very rough in that regard. So I couldn't recommend it personally. Now, I did talk a lot about Stardew Valley. I would not actually put that up as my recommended for this, just because, I, I mean, everybody knows how I feel about Stardew Valley, and we've talked about it enough on the show. However, my time at Porsche is probably one that I have not mentioned much. I think I did briefly in this episode, but um, I think that it is much closer, actually, to The Good Life, but does a much better job. And in my time at Porsche, you go to a town called Porsche, and you take over your dad's workshop, and your general goal in that is to build things. You start building out the entire town of Porsche, bridges that allow you to go to new areas of this this island, essentially, uh, building the windmills and, and the waterways and the transportation system and trying to outdo other builders that are in town is sort of the main mechanic, and it does it very well. The graphics are also a little bit more realistic in the same way that they are in uh, the Good Life, they're stylized and kind of cartoonish, but they're not, like, pixelated graphic kind. And they're also in uh, third... 
first-person 3D perspective. And there is fighting in that that works pretty well. You go into dungeons, and you, that allows you to collect more parts that you can use to build more stuff. And you can do gardening and all the rest of it. And I just found that to be much more engaging. I liked the town of Portia. I liked the characters that were in it. I liked how it was laid out, and I liked that it kept giving you new and interesting challenges continuously. I found it to be a much more engaging experience, and if you happen to be in the market for looking for a game that's like this, I would suggest that one much more. Okay, so thank you for joining us in Rainy Mills. What was the name of the town for the good life? Oh, sorry. Rainy Woods. Rainy Woods. The happiest town in the world. Maybe because they turn into dogs and cats? I don't really know. I love that they would describe it as the debt repayment RPG. Anyway, uh, until we go back to Rainy Woods, if I ever do, we'll see. Uh, thank you for joining me here on uh, the Citanium Mine. And I guess the only thing I can really do for farming down here is a mushroom farm, right? I hope I can... You're gone already? If, you, if you're up there, can you get me some mushroom spores? I really... I haven't eaten since I started this program. So, I'm, I'm starting to get kind of hungry myself. Thank you.